Let's start this morning with a little bit of Bible geography trivia. I know we have some Bible scholars out there, so let me ask you this question. Where was Solomon's temple located? Where was Solomon's temple located? What? On the side of his head, of course. Now, you groan now, but you'll be telling that joke later this week. I know that. Uh, we're going to be talking about the temple today, but really our bodies as a temple of the Holy Spirit. So let me take a step back. So we're in a sermon series entitled Rhythm, and we're talking about being in rhythm with the Holy Spirit, synced up with Him, connected to Him, and the daily practices in which we engage to do that. So in the previous sermon so far, we've talked about Bible reading or Bible listening. We do that every day. We listen to the Bible or we read the Bible every day. We talked about praying every day put those together. Scott's message is on being present with the Lord. Last Sunday, we were talking about music, and uh, the Bible says, be filled with the Holy Spirit by singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making music in your heart to the Lord. So we want to listen to Christian music and sing Christian songs every day. And for each one of these practices, I'm calling them rhythms, we've got a, at least one passage of Scripture that explicitly ties them to the Holy Spirit. And today's is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. So when we practice self-care, we take care of our bodies, we exercise, keep them in motion, then we are doing temple care. We want to be fit, and we want to be fit for a reason. So the way I'm going to approach this today, I'm going to say four things for which we want to be fit by practicing temple care. Thing number one, we want to be fit for glory, fit for glory. The larger passage in Paul, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body or in your body. So we take care of ourselves, not to glorify ourselves, but to glorify God, which means to honor him, to give him deference and respect. Now, Solomon's temple, seriously, was built a thousand years before Christ. God gave the blueprint for that temple. It was Solomon who built it out. It was a beautiful structure. It was everything inside of it was either solid gold or overlaid with gold. Back in the 1800s, there was an architect named Tom Newberry. He built a scale model of Solomon's temple. And I want to show you through this digital photography, just about 45 or 50 seconds here, we we'll take a little tour of the inside of that temple. The splendor of that structure truly reflected the glory of God, but no less so than our bodies. The psalmist writes, Psalm 139, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. 
your workmanship is marvelous. And that's not just a pro-life text, which it is. It is also a pro-body text. In the Old Testament, God was displeased when his temple was neglected. In Haggai chapter 1, we read, Then the Lord sent this message, Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house, speaking of the temple, lies in ruins? I've called for a drought on your fields and hills. Conversely, God was pleased when his temple was cared for and restored. We have this in 2 Chronicles 24. King Joash did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. What did Joash do that was so pleasing? Well, we know one thing that he did for certain. He decided to repair and restore the temple of the Lord that had fallen into disrepair. So allow me to draw an inference from that, that God is pleased and honored when we care for our bodies, and he is displeased when we ignore them and allow them to fall into disrepair. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13 says, The Lord is for the body. Super Bowl 37, the Rams won. And Kurt Warner was the quarterback for the Rams. And I want to show you the post game here where Kurt Warner is being handed the Vince Lombardi trophy. Let's see what he did and what he said. Brief snippet. First things first, the touchdown pass to Isaac Bruce. Momentum had changed. Did you say anything before you guys went out for that play? Well, first things first, I got to give the praise and glory to my Lord and Savior up above. Thank you, Jesus. First things first, give glory to God. Don't you love it when an elite athlete does that, leverages that to the glory of God? I do too, whether it's football or basketball or an Olympic gold medalist. We're not at that elite level, but when we care for our bodies, we do it for the glory of God. Fit for glory. Number two, fit for joy. Fit for joy. John writes, Third John 2. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along. Now that's a verse that seems to connect the health of the body with the health of the soul and joy. There's joy in enjoying these bodies and the health that God gives to us. Now I'm going to play you another little snippet here, a clip that's got music. We're going to play Name That Tune and it's going to be pretty short. But when you hear it, this is the theme song to a 1980s movie that was an Oscar winner. See, if, when you recognize it, you can call it out, although we're going to go ahead and play the whole clip. Let's roll it. Yeah, y'all got it. Y'all got it. Chariots of Fire. It's probably the most memorable thing from that movie is the music. But the actor there was portraying Eric Liddell, and, and that is the way he ran. He ran head back, mouth wide open. People made fun of him for how he ran. He was called the Flying Scotsman. He was an Olympic caliber runner. He was an Olympic gold medalist, son of missionaries. And one, another thing that's memorable from that movie is part of the dialogue. When Eric Liddell's sister was chastising him for focusing more on competitive running than on missions at that time in his life, he responded this way, and he really did say this, I believe that God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. When I run, I feel his pleasure. 
And maybe you've experienced something like that before. Maybe there's some runners here this morning who have experienced the pleasure of God just in that motion, in that activity, in that exercise. Maybe not everybody. Somebody said, when I run, I don't feel his pleasure. I feel God's wrath. So maybe running's not your thing, but could be something else. Uh, David Mathis writes, God made us to move. He wired our brains to need it, reward it, and reinforce it. Exercise makes happier humans, and God made humans to be happy in Him with bodily movement being an assistant rather than an adversary to our joy. There are passages in the Bible that connect the movement of our bodies with joy. For instance, Luke 1.44, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. Luke 6.44, rejoice on that day and jump for joy. Acts 3.8, he entered the temple with them walking and leaping and praising God. So for you, maybe it's not running. Maybe it's a game of golf. Maybe you feel the, the joy of playing that golf, the joy of your body. Maybe it's baseball or football or basketball or shuffleboard or croquet. What am I forgetting here, Dave? Swimming, pickleball. Thank you. The most ridiculously named sport that there is, pickleball, racquetball, tennis, whatever it may be. David Linden. Now, you've heard of the runner's high? It's the runner's high, not caused by endorphins. Listen to what Dave Linden says, professor of neuroscience, Johns Hopkins University. The relaxed post-exercise feeling that many people experience is due to endocannabinoids. Now, notice what's in the middle of that word, endocannabinoids, biochemical substances similar to cannabis but naturally produced by the body. Exercise increases their levels in the bloodstream. These mood-improving neuromodulators pr promote short-term psychoactive effects such as reduced anxiety and feelings of calm. Now, all this time, I thought I was addicted to the Holy Spirit when actually I'm addicted to pot. Just kidding. But I've talked in the past about my daily quiet time. I read the Bible every day, pray every day listen to Christian music, but one of the things that ties that all together is walk. I love to walk. I, mean, I walk during that time and do a little bit of running during that time. It brings us joy. I think God has wired us up that way to feel good vibrations when we move and we exercise these bodies that we have. All right, thirdly, we're saying four things about what we're fit for. Fit for glory, fit for joy, fit for holiness. Fit for holiness. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Now, remember when we started this series, we said, well, where are we going? What's the end game? What are we trying to get to being in rhythm with the Holy Spirit? And we said two things. One was the abundant life, the abundant life, joy and peace. That's what we get from the Holy Spirit. It's part of our interior life. It's independent from our exterior circumstances. And then we said the other place we're trying to get to is holiness. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of holiness. We want, remember, less of Romans 7, more of Romans 8. Less 7, more 8. We want sin to be the embarrassing exception in our lives, not the humiliating rule of our lives. We're moving more toward holiness. We just sang the song, more of you, less of me. Make me more like Jesus. Where Paul seems to be saying in this passage, our physical discipline is what helps us to get there, to holiness. Why? Partly because the sin that we battle against, the sin is in the flesh. 
Our spirits have been redeemed, but our bodies will not be redeemed until Jesus returns and we get resurrected bodies. Galatians 5 reads, Now the works of the flesh are sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, hatred, strife, jealousy, drunkenness, carousing, anything similar. I'm warning you about these things, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's why Paul says, I don't want to be disqualified after preaching to others. Our spirit and our physical body and the Holy Spirit are all intertwined. And what we do with our spirit affects our body. And what we do with our body affects our spirit. And the Holy Spirit is all wrapped up in the mix. Now, when we practice exercise and we physically discipline our bodies, we're doing so in cooperation with God. But God, this is not something God will do for us. He's got his part, but we have our part. God will not push away from the table for us after the second helping. God will not set our alarm clock one hour earlier than we have to get up so that we can spend time in the word and in prayer and moving for the Lord. God will not get us up off the couch and out to take a walk so that we can discipline our bodies for the Lord. I want to quote you from Johnny Erickson Tata. Johnny Erickson Tata had an accident, swimming accident when she was 17, which paralyzed her from the neck down. She had to go into recovery, and this is what she writes. Candy was a quadriplegic I knew in physical therapy. Every day when they positioned our wheelchairs in front of weights and pulleys, I'd sweat and strain while Candy only fiddled around. Recently, I ran into her when I was, I was stunned to see how weak she looked. When I asked her about her exercises, she shrugged. It's just too much effort. And I think about Candy when I meet Christians who want to grow but seem unable to move forward. Growing in Christ involves hard work. It's hard to pursue godly things while saying no to fleshly desires. But Philippians 3.14 encourages us to press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He is worth it. When we say no to our bodies, no to an appetite, no to a sedentary lifestyle, that is our spirit saying to our flesh, my flesh is not in control. My spirit's in control. And the Holy Spirit is in control. And with God's help, yes, we can do hard things. We are fit for holiness. And then a fourth and final thing here we're fit for. We're fit for service. We're fit for service. 1 Corinthians 17, 7, Paul writes, The Holy Spirit displays God's power through each of us as a means of helping the entire church. Part of the reason we exercise is not for ourselves, it's for others. We take care of the temple, these bodies, out of love for others. It facilitates our service and our ministry. I was reading about uh, Michael Jordan, a basketball player. Uh, early on in his career, I mean, he was already playing for the Bulls and a superstar, but he was a skinny, tall, skinny basketball player. And he was getting beat up in the postseason by the Detroit Pistons. They had these big, heavy players, and he was just getting beat. And he realized he needed to put on more muscle and bulk up a little bit so that he could play against those Pistons. And so he was searching for someone to help him out, and he came across a, a trainer named Tim Grover. Young guy, 25 years old, had no famous clients, but he had a Ph.D., physical exercise and training. 
And Tim Grover said to Michael Jordan, if you will listen to me, if you will do what I say, I will extend your professional basketball career by several years. And Tim Grover writes that Michael Jordan said, I will give you 30 days. And he wound up staying for 15 years. Michael Jordan improved his body to the degree he was able to have a very long career in basketball, longer than most people that play at his level. Now, when I read that, I thought, if Michael Jordan can do that for basketball, why can't we do that for service in the kingdom of God? I don't know if I'll ever make it to 85 years old, but if I do, I'd like to be like Caleb in the Old Testament. Joshua and Caleb were two faithful spies that went into the land of Canaan. Then they had to wander with the unfaithful Israelites for 40 years. And then they got back to the promised land finally. And they were dividing up the promised land. And they asked Caleb where he wanted to live. And this is what he said to Joshua. Joshua 14. I was 40 years old when Moses sent me to explore the land of Canaan. And today I'm 85. I'm 85 years old. I'm as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. And I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. Now, I don't know how much of that was true. And how much was wishful thinking? You know how old guys are. But I like his attitude. I'm as strong at 85 as I was when I was 40. Now I want to say something about as we age and our bodies wind up in various stages of ability or disability. How does this apply? And to do that, I'm going to go back to Johnny Erickson Tata. Now, Francis Chan has written a book on the Holy Spirit entitled Forgotten God. And in that book, in one chapter, he profiles Johnny Erickson Tata. Like I said, she's a paraplegic. She was paralyzed when she was 17 years old. And immediately afterwards in the hospital, she contemplated suicide. But she decided against that. She turned her life over to the Lord. And as she was going through physical therapy for the next two years, she taught herself how to paint and draw pictures holding the stylus in her teeth. And now many of her paintings and drawings are highly sought after and very valuable. She wrote 35 books. Her life story was a best-selling book. Johnny was made into a feature film. She started Johnny and Friends, which is a daily radio broadcast, about five minutes every day. And it is watched by over a million people each day. It's kind of like Steve-O's Devo's, only people actually watch it. But uh, she's very accomplished. And Francis Chan said that Johnny Erickson Tata is the most spirit-filled person he's ever met in his life. But here's the way he puts it. It's not because of these accomplishments that I consider her the most spirit-filled person I know. Actually, it has nothing to do with all she's accomplished. It has to do with the fact that you can't spend 10 minutes with Johnny before she breaks out in song, quotes scripture, or shares a touching and timely word of encouragement. I've never seen the fruit of the Spirit more obviously displayed in a person's life as when I'm with Johnny. I can't seem to have a conversation with Johnny without shedding tears. And it's because Johnny is a person whose life at every level gives evidence of the Spirit's work in and through her. Now, I said all that just to set up this quote from Johnny herself. Because she's, she has a platform. She has a credibility as a quadriplegic to speak to what we've been talking to about today. And this is the quote I'm going to end with. It's a little bit long, so 
Bear with me, but I think you'll find it worth it. Johnny Erickson taught us, she wrote this in 2015. She was 66 years old. Now, she had no feeling below her neck until age 60. And for some reason, when she turned 60, she began to get feeling again, but it was only pain. So that's all she, she lives in chronic pain. Uh, and she wrote a book after she turned 60 about that. That's the book I read about her. Uh, pretty remarkable. But anyway, she's age 66 when she writes this. I know stewardship is a word usually associated with giving and managing one's wealth. But I think stewardship is a great word when it comes to managing my body. After all, it's a gift and a precious one at that. Even the Apostle Paul says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. And although I have been a quadriplegic for decades, I'm dedicated to being a good steward of my body. I treat it well. I keep it free of pressure sores and infections as best I can. I keep my body well hydrated and eat all the right things. In fact, people often comment that I maintain a good weight. But honestly, my primary focus isn't to look good in a mirror. My focus is to keep the weight off so that my husband and friends can more easily lift me in and out of my wheelchair. It's why I drink so much water. It's not that I want to keep my complexion clear, although that's kind of nice. It's that I don't want to be weighted down with a lot of bladder infections. So yes, I'm a good steward of my body that God has given me, even though this body doesn't work like everyone else's, even though it's paralyzed. Like the Bible says, I want to train my body to do the right thing. And just what is the right thing for you and me and the way we take care of ourselves? Well, I do all this so that my body might be a useful vessel, not a burden, but a vessel in kingdom service. Eat right, drink a lot of water, exercise well so that your body can do the right thing so that it will be a useful vessel in the kingdom. If I do get a pressure sore and have to stay in bed, I can steward my time wisely there as well. I can use that time to pray or read. And yes, I've even on many occasions recorded my radio program on my bed. I just want my body to be a useful vessel. Chronic pain and my recent battle with cancer are serious distractions, but over the years I've developed the wise discipline of just doing the next thing, as Elizabeth Elliot liked to say. I do that thing that best redeems time, makes the most of the moment, encourages others, blesses my husband, advances the gospel, and honors God. And I want you to be able to say the same. Your health is so important. It's important because it either helps or hinders your service in the kingdom. If you disregard doing exercises, or if you blow your health on a constant diet of hot dogs and hamburgers, if you don't keep hydrated, your body will suffer. And in turn, your ability to invest in the kingdom will suffer. So do the right thing. Do the next thing. Get healthy, eat right, stay hydrated so you too can redeem the time, make the most of the moment, encourage others, bless your family, advance the gospel, and honor God. And oh, what a rich reward you will receive for taking such good care of the temple in which the Holy Spirit lives. Eventually, we all age out of these bodies and die. That's a fact. But remember what Jesus said about his body. Tear this temple down, he said, and in three days, I'll raise it up. All these temples are going to be torn down someday, but this is our hope. <laughs> We're going to be raised up with a brand new temple and a brand new body. Let's pray.
Our Father in heaven, we would stay in rhythm with the Holy Spirit. We would stay connected. We would stay in sync through our time in the Word, through our time in prayer, Christian music, but also by caring for these bodies, these magnificent temples that you have given to us. We ask that you help us do that to the degree that we can, each one of us with the body you have given to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.